This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome into the NBA Morning Deuce for Tuesday, March 9th. This is an early record, Alex. This is an, this is probably the earliest we've recorded a podcast in a long time. Definitely since the offseason. 7.15 on the East Coast. 7.15 on the East Coast. We are 24 hours removed from All-Star Weekend. There are no games until Wednesday, and even on Wednesday, there's only two games. So we got some time to fill but we're still going to do five days a week because that's what we do on the NBA morning deuce. Maybe an NBA night deuce this time. I, I, you know, people, there are night deuces. Night deuces happen. Yeah. Some, sometimes more often than morning deuces. For me personally, that, that is the case. Yeah. But yeah. So what to talk about on a day with no games? Well, I looked at, I was looking around the, the landscape of the NBA. I was sitting around at work or at home today trying to figure out there's no the nba top shot marketplace has been closed Mm. all weekend people are losing their minds there's just it's people are not happy they think top shot is screwing things up already in its infancy i will say i don't think so i think people have to understand that there's no way that this company could have anticipated the boom that was going to happen with nba top shot so everyone just needs to relax It'll be back. It'll be back, everybody. I, I mean, I don't know where you stand on this, but I just, I get it that people are frustrated that the marketplace has been down all weekend, basically, but it's, it's going to be okay. Yeah. I've got a Jalen Brown seeing stars moment that's just burning a hole in my pocket. I'm trying to list this boy and flip him for Tyrese Maxey, but I can't do it. Do you, how, do you, do you care to talk about how much you're, what you're going to list it for? Cause I've been, yeah, I, I've been going back and forth on how much to list my Kyrie Irving, the so, seeing stars that I got this weekend. A lot of people are anticipating a major just like sell off once this thing becomes open again. So I don't think I'll sell right away, but I feel like I can get 200, $200 for Jalen Brown. Um, and, I'm just going to list Kyrie, my Kyrie at a thousand. Yeah. So I don't think that it. will sell anytime soon. Although I do think he's part of a challenge, you know, he is. So he's that, part of the, yeah. he's part of the, the seeing stars challenge to get the, to yeah. get a Kevin Durant. I just wonder, it's all going to depend on how many other people are listing it, obviously, but can't get well, a it's also, thing when it's what's the serial distinct. number on your Jalen Brown? Because mine is it's four, like 6,000. Yeah, mine's 497 out of 10,000. Yeah. So I've been looking at the prices of one through 500, and they're all in the four to 500 range. So, and some of them are higher than that. Mm-hmm. But so I figure I'll just list it at a thousand and let it sit. Yeah. And I think actually, in fact, I think after the challenge, it'll be more valuable. Because right now, the people that are trying to complete the challenge are just going to buy cheap ones. Oh, so you're saying, yeah, the lower serial number will make it. Yeah, I mean, right now, the low ask on the Kyrie Irving that I have is 160 bucks. Mm-hmm. So people are going to buy it for 160 bucks if they're trying to comp- just, if, if their whole goal is to just complete the challenge, they're just going to spend 160 bucks. So, but once that ends, a couple weeks later, the value I think of that will go up, especially the lower serial numbers. Okay, I buy that. But it's tough to tell with no marketplace. That's dapper. True. You can't even you can't even list it right now. Yeah. No, can't do anything. Yeah. yeah. But it'll be back, people. It'll be back. And just wait till this weekend. The four on the 14th, when everyone's packs that they've all forgotten that they bought on the drop that was open to everybody. Everyone's forgetting. They have a pack sitting there waiting. I haven't. I think about that once an hour. Is it the 14th that it's available? It's supposed to be on the 14th. Okay. Got it. That it, they're getting delivered. And then everyone's going to be happy again. Everyone's going to love Top Shot again. But for now, I get it. 
There's a lot of that pretty... little that little dopamine surge from opening yeah. that pack. I mean it, dude. It goes straight into Alex's veins. Super unhealthy, but <laughs> <laughs> there's worse things. Yeah, exactly. there's worse things that you could be into right now, especially because of how limited it is. Like, there's only so like thinking about it is fine. It's not like you're sitting there spending thousands. Well, I'm thinking of about it like a lot, though. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not good, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we will. We will. Uh, I'm. I entered the beta. I signed up for the beta for the UFC thing. No, that that could be pretty cool. It's the same exact thing. It's just it's called UFC Digital Moments, and it's run by Dapper. Oh, it is by okay. I, well, it's by it's yeah. It's something along those lines. But there's like a website. If you just type in like UFC Dapper, if you Google it, there's a beta. Like there's a site to sign up to get into the early. I don't know when it's supposed to be, but I'm okay, getting I'm that con, no, getting that Conor that. McGregor. Yeah, yeah. getting oh, that Jose Conor. Aldo, Jose Aldo. Yeah, is, or any yeah. Conor McGregor. Really, I feel yeah. like any Conor McGregor will be like any LeBron mm-hmm. in that world. Yeah. All right. So as I was looking around at what to talk about today, uh, the thing that stuck out to me is that now that All-Star is done and we're the next big event in the NBA is trade deadline. And that is March 25th. So we're about two and a half weeks from that. And a lot of not any, not major rumors. I don't think anything that I have listed here to talk about is like a major rumor, but there are the pretty typical names being floated out there. And there's, it seemed like today there was just a, a number of rumors floating around that I hadn't necessarily heard before today. So I figured we could just go through some of them and talk about them, see what we think. Yeah. If they make sense. Um, I think the big one that came out today that, caught people's attention was that the Warriors might be interested in trading for Victor Oladipo. Um, this is according to Mr. Kevin O'Connor from the ringer uh, that they are, it says the Warriors are against a time limit to acquire Oladipo. They don't have cap space for the 2021 offseason, but they want to, um, they want to get another ball handler in there. I don't love it. I definitely don't love it. Um, I don't think I have like a very high opinion of Oladipo and and maybe it's not fair just because he's been injured so much. I just feel like he's a little overrated to me. Yeah. Well, I guess the problem is we don't, we still, after all this time, we still don't know what he is from having like fully recovered from his injury. Mm -hmm. Cause it looked like in Indy at the beginning of the year, that he was starting to get at least some of his form back and get back to a little bit of what he was. And then he got traded. And since he's gotten traded to the Rockets, he just, he's had some moments. He had a, yeah. he had a 30 something point game the other day. They lost. Mm-hmm. The I mean, yeah, the Rockets have been a total mess. So it's hard to really evaluate what he's doing there. Right. But, but that being said, in the 15 games he's played for the Rockets, his numbers, at least efficiency wise are substantially down from what they were in Indy and he's scoring less. So it's like he's shooting more, he's scoring less. Uh, he's just, but like you said, the Rockets are, they're a disaster. And by the way, I don't know if we're going to get into strength of schedule today or tomorrow for the second half of the year, but the Rockets have the hardest strength of schedule going forward, remaining according to tankathon. So Thanks. Yikes. Not like it's going to get much better. Now, obviously, Oladipo has been linked mostly to the, to the Heat. I feel like for the most part, anytime Oladipo gets brought up, it's it's the Heat. So I don't know. If this Warriors thing was real, it'd be interesting to me. What are they? What do they, do they think? I mean, they can't give up too much. He's, a, he's going to be a free agent. He's still not totally... We don't know if he's totally healthy or back. Like, I don't even know. What are the Warriors? What, what would you give for him? Are you, I don't. Can you give up a like a one player and a pick, maybe? The only player that really fits the bill would be Ubre, right? So maybe if they really think Ubre just – I mean, he was a horrible fit early on, but he's turned his season around a little bit, right? Wiggins. Um, 
Sorry, say it again. Andrew Wiggins. Oh, dude, I I'm so low on him. I just can't imagine why any team would have him marked as like any sort of value. Um, man, I, I just don't know. I think my real issue with Oladipo is like he's good enough statistically as a player to be a max player, right? But like he's net like he's not a guy I'm comfortable giving max money to and then thinking I can contend for a championship. Like he's like the bottom of the barrel of a max player. And I don't, I'm just, I just don't like that. But it also depends, right? If your team is willing to go into luxury tax, because could you, I mean, if you're a team, like for example, if Clay's healthy and you have Steph, Clay, and Victor Oladipo with Draymond, and Victor Oladipo is your fourth best player, but you're overpaying him to be your fourth best player, mm-hmm. that team could be pretty good. It would be really good. Yeah. Um, I just, man, that's tough. Cause I think Kelly Oubre just, isn't that far off from him, you know? Isn't yes. Fair? Yeah, yeah, it's fair. I, I think, yeah. yeah, I guess it's fair. I, I just, yeah, I don't know what the Rockets would want either. I, at this point, that's the tough part. That's the tough part of this is obviously the Rockets are in a, they're in a really bad spot. And I'm, I think most people just don't even understand why they took Victor Oladipo in the first place mm-hmm. in, the, in that Harden deal when they could have probably had Karis LeVert. But yeah, what do they, what do they, if they, if they think that Old Depot's gone and that he doesn't want to be there, what do they want? Like, or do they just want another young player and a pick? Cause I think that would be what, like, would they even want Kelly Oubre? Or would they rather have, I don't know, I was just looking at the, the Warriors. I'm trying to look at their contract situation. Like, do they have like an expiring deal and a pick? Because I mean, Old Depot is an expiring deal. So that's the other thing. I, I just, it doesn't make a ton of sense unless unless the Warriors are willing to potentially if they could come off of Andrew Wiggins somehow. Yeah, that'd be that'd be nice. And it does make sense for them to maybe give up more picks than you'd expect because they're going all in for one more shot at this thing with Steph, Clay, and Draymond, you know? Mm-hmm. So maybe they, they just blow them out of the water with like an extra first round pick that nobody else would offer them. I put it this way, looking at their contracts, it would have to be Kelly Oubre. Yeah. Unless they're willing to take Wiggins, but Wiggins makes eight million more than Victor Oladipo this year. <laughs> My God. That's that's brutal. But Oubre makes seven million less. So you can make it work easier with Oubre and then fill out the contracts with other smaller mm-hmm. contracts. Yeah, I guess I would do it because Oladipo is a step up from Oubre. I don't think he's a huge step up, but you gotta think with all the money and just like nostalgia you have tied to curry green and clay that you're going to go all in for at least one more year and try to get a title out of it um well anybody who's willing to trade for oladipo at this point sees him as the plan it part of their future plans and i guess or or maybe it's but see because that's the thing like with the warriors this year do you think i i don't think oladipo makes them a, a like a contending team in the west this year no no but are they renting him to see if they want to extend him and are you willing to give up a, an asset to rent a player to see if you want to extend him it makes sense for a team like the heat mm-hmm. who either way are going to be competing for the east and that just brings you another guy like can old depot put you over the top worth a shot or mm-hmm. another team or really kind of any team in the east right now that is sort of in that mix you potentially see, okay, we'll get, we rent him for half a season. Maybe he puts us over the top and then we can extend him. Or if he doesn't, then, okay, we didn't lose out on much. Mm-hmm. But for the Warriors, I would think if they're planning on doing this, this is a, this is a future, this is a next year and next couple year thing, because I, I can't imagine they realistically think they have a chance to compete this year. Yeah. I would hope I would, I mean, they know what it takes to be the best team in the NBA. So I would hope they're realistic in that sense. Like Oladipo is not putting you that, that much closer. Yep. Um, all right. A couple the the next couple names that I saw are all magic players. So there's there was a report out there that the the Heat that the Heat, Spurs, Celtics, and Hornets all have significant interest in Nikola Vucevic. Which I mean, of course, would be great for any of those teams. I think 
I don't know that, you know, I, I'm trying to figure out, this must've been just an article that Kevin O'Connor put out today with a bunch of things he's hearing because these are all like Kevin O'Connor rumors. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I don't know that it says, oh yeah, there you go. It says the magic are widely believed to prefer to keep Vucevic unless they're overwhelmed with an offer. Right. And I just don't think that's going to happen. I really don't. I don't think you're giving up too much for Nikola Vucevic at this point in his career. But and- isn't he still relatively young? No, I think he's 30, right? I don't know. Let's check. Yeah, he is. Yeah, 30 on the dot. So, But I do mean, you think age is a huge factor for a player like him? Like he's never been athletic. Right, yeah, he hasn't been. But, I mean, let's say right now he's, he's having the a, best year of his career, too. He's an all-star. Yeah, no, I, he's outstanding. I just don't think, like, the teams that are on this list, like, in terms of what they need – he's going to move the needle that much because he really is like, he's not a plus defender, you know, and with age, I do think he could slip to becoming a minus defender in a a year or so. Maybe the team that made the team on this list. Like I've seen obviously down here, a lot of heat people think that he would be perfect with bam, which I guess, I I guess kind of because he spreads the floor, he can shoot and bam is one of the best defensive bigs in the league. So, and bam, is also a really good ball handler and distributor. So they kind of, it makes sense. The team on here that actually is really interesting to me in this is the Spurs because they have a lot of young pieces that if you're willing to, depending on what you're willing to part with, if you're them, they have a bunch of really young pieces that are, that are interesting. I'm sure they have some picks and they've, I mean, they're, they're like a top five team right now in the West and they've been starting Jakob Pertl mm-hmm. and the, and the corpse of LaMarcus Aldridge when he's healthy, like, this is a this is a gigantic upgrade for that team, and not I, that the, and again not that that team is competing anytime soon, but shit if they get Vucevic and don't have to give up too much of what is making them successful this year, I would want to play them in the playoffs. No, and it would also make your fan base like if that team becomes basically a lock for the playoffs at that point and like exciting at the very least. Maybe not exciting to watch, but exciting in the sense that they're going to win a shitload of games and be like a dangerous team in the West, not a contender. Um, but yeah, he would fit really well with what pop does. I think. Listen, the way DeRozan's playing this year, which is our, our arguably could have been considered an all-star replacement. Mm-hmm. The way Devon, the way DeJounte Murray's developed and the kid Keldon Johnson, he's been having a great year. You add Vucevic to that. And the West, that's a good team. That's a it's a really good team. It's a playoff team for sure. And a team that could really give you a with the coaching and the way they def, like they've been able to defend, you know what I mean, with Jakob Pertle mm-hmm. and and Trey Lyle and, yeah, he can't and Aldridge be, when he plays. He can't be that much worse than those guys defensively. No way. When part of it is that their wings are all really good. They have a lot of really good defensive wings and guards. So, and you know, their team defense is going to be pretty great with pop. Yeah. He wouldn't be bad for Boston. I'm not sure that that's the, again, with Boston, the problem becomes, what are you going to get? What can you give up? Like they, they don't have a ton, you know, this is like, to me, are you're not going to give up one of your, you're not going to obviously Tatum and Brown are off the table. I don't think you're giving up Marcus Smart or does Orlando even want Marcus Smart? And then what do you have? You had a bunch of like decent young guys and picks. And like also like it would just change what the Celtics do so much to me because they're such a small ball team at this point in time. And he's just not that like he can't guard like a, a four or a, a small ball five to me. So I just think you'd, you'd have to really like overhaul things if that, if you're going to make a move and, and give him, and he's essentially becomes your third best player. Yeah. Um, well, I think, uh, I think Kemba would probably get in, included in the deal. Not, I don't know if Orlando would want Kemba, but Orlando, if again, if this is one of those things where Orlando is trying to move on, Steve Clifford's down there. Kemp, he was Kemba's coach for the first five or six years of his career. And Markel Fultz and Cole Anthony are both out for the year. I think, I don't know about Cole Anthony. Markel Fultz obviously is I, Cole Anthony has been hurt. I don't know if he's yeah. out for the year. 
So if they still think, but, but again, it's one of those things where if you trade Vucevic, you're not a playoff team anymore. So I don't know that trading for a point guard to make a playoff run would make sense because you're pretty much out of the playoffs. If you trade Vucevic. Yeah. The pieces don't really work here for like a, if he gets traded, I'm going to be surprised. I'm pretty sure. Like I'm going to be like, Oh, okay. Cause it just doesn't seem like there's a clear Avenue. Like exactly. Like you said, if, you're trading him and you're getting back a good player. Your whole direction, if you're the magic, doesn't make sense. Well, it sounds like based on these reports, because the other report was that teams are calling the magic about Terrence Ross and Evan Fournier. So it seems like teams might be thinking that the magic are getting ready to maybe blow this thing up because it just hasn't Mm -hmm. worked yet, which would be, again, would be another situation with a coach who has been really good. And that would be unfair to him because they have been riddled by injuries yeah, every year, but this year in particular, like how fair this is not a team that can win at the East, even at full strength. But how do you, I mean, you're going to blow it up without knowing what this team is because neither of their point guards have been healthy. Jonathan Isaac isn't healthy. And then Fournier missed all that time and guys are just in and out. Al Farouk Aminu, who they brought in to be one of their, probably their starting four hadn't, hasn't played until recently. So uh, the teams that were brought up, interestingly, with Evan Fournier, it's the Hornets is the team that they've mentioned, but they also mentioned the Hornets for Vucevic. So I don't know uh, if the Hornets are just calling everybody trying to get better. And then the team that they mentioned for the Matt, for Terrence Ross was the Nuggets, which doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Yeah, that doesn't – I mean, their bench hasn't been good, right? So – Maybe it's just like scoring off the bench. for. But them. also they've been injured. Gary Harris yeah. hasn't played a ton. Will yeah. Barton hasn't played a ton. Uh, yeah. Terrence Ross doesn't do much for me for the Nuggets at all. He's a better scorer. He'd, he'd be there just in terms of pure scoring. Mm-hmm. Right now he'd be their second best just flat out bucket getter behind Jamal Murray. And then Michael Porter Jr. eventually will should take that reign, I think. But right now – but he also – he takes – probably a lot he would take minutes away from your two best defensive guards which is will barton and gary harris mm-hmm. when they're healthy so i'd and, and that's where the nuggets are struggling is defensively you know yeah like, my takeaway from this is that i it seems like there may be this thought process around the league that maybe the magic are getting ready to make some make some changes mm-hmm. which makes sense they're a they are a bottom of the playoffs or just missing the playoffs type team every year right now. And how long can you go doing that? It's similar to what the Pistons were for the last few years until they just blew everything up. Yeah. And it sucks too, because like you, depending on Jonathan Isaac's development, we could have a totally different perception of this team. Like if he's balling out healthy and stuff, then it's like, yeah, I love Jonathan Isaac. I don't know that he was ever going to be, or is ever going to be the offensive wing that you need, but he was going to be a great two-way player just because he was an incredible defensive player before he got hurt. And he was starting to develop almost to make an FSU comparison, what we're seeing from Patrick Williams this year, Hmm. except he was already a better defender. He was a great, I mean, great wing defender, but um, yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. I hope, it's weird too because I don't know what their commitment is to Steve Clifford. But if they're going to blow the team up, I got like, are they going to, what, what's their commitment? Are they going to blow it up and he's going to lose the job again because a team did a poor job of building the team and didn't, it's same, that's what happened to him in Charlotte. You know, mm-hmm. they went young and they moved on from him. It's just, it's a shitty situation. Yeah. But I mean, Orlando has been a shitty situation for a long time. So it's not surprising, but weren't they just in the playoffs last year? Yeah. They were the eight seed in the East. So right. seventh or eight seed. Yeah. I don't know. Vucevic is, if they trade Vucevic, then they're blowing it up. They might yeah. as well just trade everybody. If they, yeah. if they get rid of Vucevic, Definitely. if you trade Vucevic, then you're going to trade Fournier and, and Ross, I would say. Yeah. Uh, a couple rumors involving the bulls. One was that the bulls, and Otto Porter might agree, may potentially agree to a buyout, which I actually think of a lot of these guys that you know, like the Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond and guys that could potentially get bought out. I think Otto Porter, Otto Porter, Otto Porter 
is one of the more interesting ones. Uh, I, I think when, when he's healthy, which has been a major issue during his career, he is a, a re, he can play the three or the four in the way the NBA is now. He's a, he's at one point in his career, he was like leading the NBA in three point shooting one season. Uh, and he's, and he's a two way, he's a great defender. I think he does a lot of things that every team could use. Like any team could use. He's a career 40% three point shooter. So right there, every team can use him. You know, it does depend on his health. And I mean, I would have, I did not think he was only 27. I thought he was a little bit older. So he was a one and done. I think, I mean, this is the type of player that like kind of a wild card because of his health, but he would help any contender help them, you know, like not, he's not going to, take you from you know hopeful to like contender but if you are a legit contender right now he can only help i yep. see there's speculation that the sixers might be interested um and the warriors is another yeah. one that's in this article uh like what are the warriors like if the warriors i just wonder like if the warriors trade for oladipo and sign auto porter then you're looking I, pretty I wonder, deep like yeah. do you do they are they really trying to like get things going for this year and and again, hey, if, if Anthony Davis isn't healthy, mm. the West is open. It really right? is. And you just you can't waste a season like this from Steph. Like Steph is out of his goddamn mind. I don't think it's enough to win a title. But if they make the two moves you're talking about and don't end up having to give up too much in the trade, like they're deep. They all, they've become pretty deep all of a sudden. Yeah, like if you get to the point where you don't have to play Michael Mulder and <laughs> yeah. Juan Toscano Anderson yeah. every night. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. That, but I guess we did determine if they're going to get Oladipo, they have to give up Ubre essentially, or or Wiggins. or Wiggins. Right. Yeah. It just depends on what the, what are the Rockets willing to take. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're the Warriors, are you willing to give up a high draft pick and Wiggins, like for them to take Wiggins' contract or anybody, and give up a high draft pick, take Oladipo back, who's on an expiring deal, and give up like a you know, like a top 10, top, the yeah, lottery protected yeah. or something. Man, that's a tough decision. I, I'm really on the fence on that. I don't think I would do it. I just don't think I would do it because, I mean, I get they know better than anybody how well Clay is doing and like if they're going to be, if he's going to be Clay next year. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just have a hard time giving up an asset for Oladipo and then not guaranteeing that he's going to be here next year. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I think a team like again, going, it's in, we're back on Old Depot. But I do think if it's a team like the Warriors, they're probably only doing it if he's going to commit to re-signing. Yeah. So, see, uh, the Porter thing is interesting. He'd be great for he'd be great for Philly. He'd be great. For be, I think he'd be yet. great if he's healthy for a lot of these teams. Mm-hmm. As long but as also, I tell you what, if he's healthy, he'd be great for the Bulls. Yeah, it's true. The cover machine, Chicago Bulls who right. I believe are the eight seed. No, nine. They're the ninth seed right now, but no, they're tied. They're tied. Uh, they're one percentage point below a playoff spot. Dude, if I'm the bulls, I'm just riding this out. Right. I, well, that goes to the next story, which is that Arturis Karnashovas, the GM of the bulls is reportedly telling teams that are calling about that young, that he's not available. Wow. We talked about that probably last week or the week mm-hmm. before that, how like just, you know, Try to get to the playoffs. Have all your young players playing in very meaningful games at the end of the season. It's awesome. Yeah, and it makes sense from a standpoint of if you're trying to build a winning culture, don't trade away the guy who's been one of the most quietly one of the most important players on your team this year because mm-hmm. he's he's filled in at center when Wendell Carter's hurt. He fills in at the four when Markinen's hurt. He's your best defensive player, at least defensive big and wing probably on your team. He does a little bit of everything. He's really filled in as that veteran leader and presence, and he's had a really good year. Uh, I think a lot of teams were really hunting for Thad Young. Like a lot of these contending teams were probably hunting, expecting, like I did, that the Bulls were still at least a year or two away from being a playoff team. I didn't think they were a playoff team. I didn't think it would turn around that quickly, but – it's cool. It's good for them. It's good for that that organization to commit to having a player who's a little older, who you could definitely get a first round pick for, and say, you know what? Let's. We'd rather make a make make the playoffs and make a run at this thing, and then we'll figure it out from there. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, at that point, it's kind of like you're you're because if you did trade him, right, you're probably trading him to a contender, and it's going to be a late first round pick. So it's like some random guy we're going to draft in the late first round worth the possible development of our young core right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a weird thing to balance, but I think it's a great decision not to do it. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Yep. Uh, All right, the last couple of things. I don't know if you've seen any other trade or free agency things that the Lakers are optimistic that if Andre Drummond gets bought out, that he would, that they would be on the list to land him. Um, which I guess makes, makes sense if you're Drummond. Yeah. If, if you're cool with a limited role, I mean, he, he and Anthony Davis really can't play together. I don't think, yeah, right? They like, yeah, they you think so? Anthony Davis is a four. Anthony Davis starts with Marcus Gasol right now. Yeah, he's definitely an upgrade from Marcus Gasol because that dude can't move at all. I don't know, dude. That's that's where I don't know. That that's the thing is that Marcus Gasol is a smart player who moves. He actually moves the ball on offense. He's a great pass. He's one of the best passing big men. You don't have to really worry about him offensively because he's still a competent enough three point shooter that if he spreads, it's fine. He's a threat. You can play him at the elbow. You can do different things with him. Obviously, he's slower defensively, but everything we've heard about Drummond, and if you watch him, he's not a good defender. He's just a – he hunts rebounds. So he does that pretty well, though. <laughs> but, does. yeah, no, I, it's a good point, and especially if Anthony Davis – like, I, I hammered Marcus all the last game I watched because he was so horrible defensively, but if Anthony Davis is on the floor, that looks a lot different. So – Maybe I'm being too harsh on Marcus all evaluating him without the best, one of the best defensive players in the league. Yeah. Here's my question about this. My question's less about Marcus Saul and more about Trez. Yeah. Now because you, have- you, you definitely like Trez is a center. Trez is a straight up five to me. And are they disappointed in what he's brought to them this year? I don't know. Like I, I just don't see a scenario where Andre Drummond comes in and Marcus Gasol is just out of the rotation. But I also you, you can't play all three of those guys. No, definitely not. And I think if you intend to bring in a guy like Andre Drummond, you're gonna. I mean, he's gonna play. Mm-hmm. I just wonder, like, just based on like, and I don't know much about Andre Drummond, like personality wise or anything, but just based on the like gaudy statistics he's always put up, like, would he even want to be in LA? I don't know how much he cares about winning. You know, maybe he does, and then obviously, well, the Lakers, that's hard but... to yeah, that's hard to say because he spent his whole career in Detroit, and then now a half a, or almost a full season in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Not much winning going on in either of those places. Yeah, I mean, look, if you're the Lakers and you can get Andre Drummond for the veteran minimum, like you do it, obviously. Yeah, um, I think he ends up in Brooklyn if he gets bought out, and they're saying that Cleveland still wants to trade him. I just. I don't see a scenario where a team takes that kind of money, even though it's expiring. So I guess it's possible, but the teams that are being discussed for him, like the Lakers and the Nets, they just don't have the, the, they don't have the money in the assets that they'd be willing to move to get a contract as big as what he's getting paid right now. Yeah. I think most teams are willing, especially because, he still hasn't proven that he's the X factor. Like he hasn't proven that if you trade for him, he's going to take your team to the next level. No, not even close. So I think most of these teams are definitely just going to wait and just say, yeah, if we don't get him, we don't get him. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I, I think he, has, if he gets bought out, I just, I feel like he ends up with the nets. That would suck with no, <laughs> no like reasoning other than it, it, he would immediately play a ton of minutes. I think, He's probably better than DeAndre Jordan at this point. And 
he, I mean, him and Blake were in the playoffs together a couple of years ago. I'm sure him and Blake have a decent relationship. And I, I just, I don't know. It just makes the most sense to me. And then all of a sudden, if you're the Nets, you have from, you've gone from like just total void of big men to two huge bodies that can play. Well, we pretty much kind of assumed this was what was going to happen, right? When mm-hmm. when they oh, I traded, I no, I mean when they traded for James Harden, I think the assumption was because they moved all these pieces was like, okay, they'll just wait for the buyout market and they'll just mm-hmm. go get guys. I just don't think I anticipated Blake Griffin ending up there. It's such a good get for them. Yeah, I yeah, it, it is. It's better. I don't know, like Drummond. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. It would be interesting because I think at their peak, when this team, like in the playoffs, they're probably going to play Kyrie, Harden, Joe Harris, and 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 KD with one of these guys, right? So, just having the option to have all three would be huge for them. Yeah. And then who who loses minutes? Jeff Green. He's had a great year. Mm-hmm. And but he's on the older side too. So I mean, he could still. You almost at that point, like, you know become a little bit injury proof too, you know, just with the depth you suddenly have there. Other than Kevin Durant. Yeah. Right. Just, well, yeah, it's gotta be, but yeah. And, and then if it's not drumming boogies out there, which makes sense there too. I don't understand. I don't know what's going on there. I think, I mean, the buyout is official. He's not on the Rockets. So I don't know where he's going to end up, but I guess maybe, and that was my last headline in terms of it's just that that he's still out there in terms of you know rumors and all that. Maybe are maybe teams are waiting to see what happens with Drummond. Yeah, and he would be like a consolation prize. I don't see any chance he goes to the Nets because he's got issues with Harden, right? Like he those two don't like each other. I don't know if they could bury that or not, but he was pissed. But that was at Harden. so it was so brief. So brief. It was so brief. Boogie was there for not even a half a season. Disrespected, man. Can't disrespect uh, Boogie, dude. I don't know. Good, it, good organizations are able to make this type of thing work, I think. I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if it goes to the Nets. The only thing is, is that when the Boogie story first came out in Houston, the report was that he wants to go somewhere where he's going to get more minutes. And mm-hmm. I don't know that that's a going to be on a good team yeah i definitely don't not more minutes maybe the same amount but well towards the end he was only playing like 12 13 remember we were like why is he not playing any minutes yeah but i don't think he's going to be playing starter minutes on a good team boston makes sense for him too though like i think boston could use him for 20 minutes a night that would be scary to me in what way like so like it could blow up. I, I don't know that he is a locker room, a problem in the locker room, but I don't know that he's not. Right. <laughs> There's no way to be totally sure. I guess it, everything is circumstance, right? So mm-hmm. the Rocket, it seemed like, again, the Rockets are not a good, you know, they're not a good example because they're so bad this year, but it looks like the Rockets cut ties before he could become a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if he goes to, let's just say he goes to Boston and they still only play him 15 minutes a game, is he going to be a problem looking at Daniel Tice and Tristan? Like, is he better than Daniel Tice right now? I think he is. I think he is. Yeah. I don't know, dude. I think he is. I, I'm not big on Daniel Tice. I know he's he's fine. He's fine. He's a good player. Yeah, he's fine. To me. I, I mean, it. I don't know that he's substan- – offensively, the talent is there. But – is he that much better than either of those Tristan Thompson or Daniel Tice at this point in his career? I don't know, but I would imagine if he goes there in his eyes, I mean, he wants to play, play more minutes and he was playing beyond Christian Wood. Yeah. So I would imagine in his eyes, anywhere he's expecting to potentially play, if those rumors are true, all it's all allegedly, we don't know why he wanted to leave. Maybe he wants to go somewhere and win because he's at the end of his career. That's very possible too. But um, I could see him going to a place like Boston and not getting the minutes he wants and that being an issue, especially yeah. if he goes there and they start losing. Right. I mean, hopefully, I mean, whatever agreement they have, it'd be like, yeah, he's like, he would know his role is 
satisfactory, like to what he's talking about. I just don't know how often that type of, we hear those things ahead of time. Like, Oh, you know, he's going there knowing this. And then a team for like my whole thing with boogie would be, okay, let's say he goes to Boston and Boston. They say like, he's going there understanding that he's only going to play 15, 20 minutes a game. Then Boston loses five in a row. Do you think Boogie's not gonna be like, well, if I was playing 30 minutes a game, you know what I mean? That's just, it's, it, and, he's been volatile. So I can't, we can't right, rule and it, that out. And I just mean it in a sense of, wouldn't any player think that way? Mm-hmm. Or especially a player who at one point was arguably the most talented big man in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. Offensively, offensively. So, yeah, I think he needs to go to a situation that's a little bit more defined. Because as good as Boston could be, I still think of the teams in the East that could compete for the East, they are there. That's a volatile situation. I think that thing could could go downward. I, I really do. Just the way the roster is built right now, I don't. They could definitely compete and hit blow up in the second half. But also, I think things could get bad for them in the second half. Sure, because of how good that the the rest of the East actually is now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like. When you look at Boston, are you comfortable when you look at the top of the East and I look at all these teams, there's not a team that is competing for a playoff spot where I look at Boston and say, I am very comfortable they're winning this game right now. Like if, if tomorrow, if well, obviously, tomorrow, yeah, sure. like what I'm saying, like obviously Philly, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Miami. Okay. If they had to play the Knicks, are you saying right now that hey, I'm picking the Celtics to beat the Knicks? I don't know. I think it's a toss up at this point. You're talking about in a in a game right now. You're not talking yeah, about just in a game. game. Okay. Just in a game. Then, I'm talking about the potential for them to slide again in the second half. It's there. The potential is there. Yeah. Uh, Chicago. Are you saying to me right now that if Boston played Chicago tomorrow, that they would beat Chicago 100%? I don't think so. No, but you can't say that about too many teams in the whole. I don't know. I I mean I think. I think you would feel very comfortable that Philly, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and Miami would beat Chicago, New York, Charlotte. Now, obviously, they could lose. I think you'd feel comfortable with those teams going into a game. I don't feel comfortable right now with Boston going into games. All right. I mean, they won four to go to the break. I I know they've played better. Yeah. They just, there's just something about them this year. It's the first of all, it's the depth and the in, and their lack their lack of depth in terms of their top level talent. That it's just if one of those guys has a bad night, they're going to struggle. Yeah, no, I'll agree with you that that of the possible contenders, they they might be the most volatile, like the one that could really fall apart quick. Yeah, I mean, I think Miami could be in that discussion too, just because they've had so many. But I think now we're seeing Miami healthy yeah and i think miami defensively is pretty it's, it's so good right now that that would yeah mitigate and, a slide and like that it's just like miami now that they're healthy it, it seems like their biggest issue uh, a lot of their issue was offensively particularly like end of games in the first half and now it's like they have a, a wealth of options kendrick nunn has mm. been one of the most clutch players lately and then goron Dragic is healthy and jimmy butler has played out of his mind lately when he was playing and then you still have Tyler Hero, who seems to play shitty all game and then make <laughs> shots at in the club, you know, at the end of the game. Yeah. So the thing that they were struggling, one of the things they're struggling the most with all year, they seem to have figured out at least a little bit. So yeah, they don't worry me as much. Boston, I would say, and we could probably talk about this a little more tomorrow because tomorrow we'll go over, you know, second half strength of schedule. Just start look at, start maybe looking ahead a little more to maybe like some second half predictions. But yeah, Boston's one of those teams where, and reportedly there's teams do not expect them to make a major move. So this might be the team we're looking at with Boston. That'd be troubling. Cause I've been saying for a while that they, they're going to make a big splash. It seemed that way. Well, you would think, I just think Kemba gets traded, but maybe his, maybe teams aren't confident enough in his health to do it. But you also, you would think that a team where their GM came out and said, we're not a championship team right now. That something was coming. Yeah. But I guess maybe not. I don't know. All right. We'll see. I'm sure between, I, I don't expect trade deadline to be crazy this year. I don't, because of, 
the amount of money teams have lost. I just don't see a lot of teams wanting to take on big, a lot of big contracts. And that's, that's also part of why teams probably are not trading for the Blake Griffins and the Drummonds and stuff. They, I don't think any owner right now is super happy to take on $27 million or whatever Drummond makes in a year where they're losing a ton of money. Right. So that I'm sure most of these teams are just waiting it out. I just don't think there's going to be huge moves, but there'll be like a sprinkling and they're always a sprinkling of moves, but they're, mm-hmm. the rumors are just going to continue to get even more probably aggressive. Yeah. And we'll take all of them. Give me all the and, and I would, I, the, the other reason being this free agency class stinks. Now that Giannis is out, there's not a whole lot going on in this free agency class this year. So maybe teams will try to make their splashes in a trade, knowing that there's not going to be a whole lot of options to improve in free agency. Yeah. Who's the top guy? Oladipo, maybe? Uh, now that, yeah, I don't know. Let me see. Actually, now that, um, let me try to see if I can pull that up real quick. Now that Giannis is all out of, I mean, like for 2021. It's uh, interesting. Mike Conley, DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry, Drummond, uh, Chris Paul, Kawhi Leonard, Drew Holiday all have player options. So I'm assuming, you know, those guys are. It's really bleak in terms of dudes that are not in their 30s. That's what I mean. It's just like there's no there's no game changers in this in this class. Uh, wow, that's remarkable. Yeah, I mean, I guess in terms of young guys that could put, and he and by the way, Vic's not young. He's 29, right? Coming off of injuries, so yeah, there's not a whole lot there. Schroeder is Schroeder is probably going to get a big contract. Yep, he's going to get a very big, especially if they win a title. But he's going to get a big contract. But the Lakers have his bird rights, so. You know, they, they can overpay him to keep him. Honestly, um, looks like the best free agent under 27 next year is Kelly Oubre, which is crazy. Under 27. Yeah, or under 28 even. I mean, it's, it's pretty bleak. Yeah, he's 25. Uh, yeah, man, it's a, it's a rough. Spencer Dinwiddie has a player option. He's injured, and he may get traded anyways. He's coming off an injury, but I got to assume he's going to turn that down. Because I think before his injury, he was going to get more than eleven million a year. Yeah, mm, I think that's it, man. Alonzo, these re- Alonzo's restricted. Yeah, like Markinen's restricted and Bagley. Is that correct? Restricted. Yeah, the Alonzo situation will be interesting to monitor too. Will they make him an offer? Or will they trade him? I would say, based on his progression, they should probably keep him. But who knows? Oh, okay. There you go. Bismack Biombo is a free agent. Mm, okay. Well, that I mean, there you go. And we don't have we have no clue how old he is, right? How old is he? Oh, there you go. The, the, actually, the big the big thing this year will be John Collins, restricted free agent, twenty four years old. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, there's been the questions with Atlanta: Do they want to pay him what he wants? And if not, somebody will. I mean, he's getting maxed out. But I seem almost seems like there's an that's a no brainer. Yeah. So he'll get actually if they don't come to a contract extension, he will get maxed out on the first day of free agency, and then it'll be are the Hawks going to match it? That'll be that'll be the probably the most interesting storyline just looking at this list because there's really yeah there's really not I'm like going through this whole list on on Spotrack. There's just not a lot here. Mitchell Robinson has a team option. I'm assuming that they'll Devonte Graham. Devonte Graham's a restricted free agent. What kind of contract will he get? Because now they have multiple options at that position. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, maybe there'll be. Um, yeah, maybe there'll be some trades to try to change this to to mitigate mitigate there not being options in free agency. I don't know. All right, tomorrow we are going to take a look at the strength of schedule remaining and see who we think. It's a little bit of an exercise in futility because we've talked about this in the sense of strength of schedule remaining is a little bit of a 
what what what's the word I'm looking for, Alex? Like a it's hard deceptive. to really. It's, it's yes, it's deceptive because how many this year? Yeah. Right. Well, didn't normally I would take it into account because I think mm-hmm. at this point in the year normally you kind of know what teams are, but it is deceptive this year in the sense that, like for example, all these teams that have Miami on their record, Miami's eighteen and eighteen. What would they have been if Jimmy Butler didn't miss ten games and Tyler Hero didn't miss nine games and or, I mean, if Boston was healthy, it's just like all these. All these teams, or for or Houston. I mean, you could look at Houston and say if Christian Wood doesn't get hurt, then your strength of schedule is much harder because they're not win- they're not losing twelve in a row with Christian Wood. Mm-hmm. So it's all very deceptive. But we'll look at it anyways because what else are we gonna do? Nothing. We're gonna yeah, do it. Nothing, We're just nothing, gonna do it. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. We didn't hit the fifty uh, reviews. Oh, you assholes. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. I love you. <laughs> so. We'll keep 50 as the goal. We really would appreciate it if you would subscribe, rate, and review. Um, we did get one new review from somebody. So we're back to 39? Yeah, I think that's, yeah. But it was an actual, it was, let me read it. Let me read. Uh, let me pull it up real quick. I, um, said, I can't watch every game. Don't need to. These guys do it for me. Go Heat. Wow. Nick, N-I-K, blesses is the person who did that review. So Nick blesses, bless up, sir, or ma'am. Or bless down. I don't know. I don't know if that's a thing. Um, But yeah, appreciate it. So that's it. That's all you have to do, people. I can't watch every NBA game. Don't need to. These guys do it for me. Go Heat. It's a Heat fan. So He's a Heat fan that wants to know about the other teams in the league. I will say this, Nick blesses. You spelled deuce wrong, but I'm not going to hold it against you. Don't say that. (laughs) Well, they're going to see it if they look at the review. Nobody's going to want to review it if you're just going to proofread all their uh, You did spell spell Heat. They spelled deuce wrong. Okay. Just just pointing it out. Just, you know. All right, fine. You're right. I'm sorry, Nick blesses. (laughs) You're the one who has left us a review since we asked for more reviews and I, I shit it on your review. I hope you don't hold it against me. I hope he doesn't delete it and we go back to 38. <laughs> yeah, well, because apparently that's a thing you can do. All right, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Later. Later. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.